and welcome to episode 173 of Effect. Concepts and philosophies? Who needs them? Seriously, who needs them? <laughs> I'm Matthew. Dave, can you tell me who needs them? <laughs> I'm Dave. Um, yes, maybe later on in this show I will tell you who needs them because that's one of the things we have lined up for you today. So last time we uh, we promised that we'd have more wise words from Chairman Dave, such as they may be. And oh, I've done a little piece about game design and development, talking about concepts and philosophies. So we'll have that a bit later on. But before we get there, we have some of our usual things on the show. We have a couple of fabulous patrons to thank for joining the crowd, which is great. Um, world of Gaming, we have a few things to talk about, but possibly a slightly quieter World of Gaming than normal, considering the time of year. Well, it's Christmas, isn't and it? And considering the time of year, this is a... Hang on, Matt. This is just a perfect segue that you've come and, like, gone and destroyed now. I've splattered <laughs> all over it. Okay. Yeah, you you have just splurged yourself all over my segue. Right, Okay. <laughs> Okay. I'll let you lick it off later. We might we might want to edit that out, maybe, but okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, so considering it's this time of the year, we thought we would do a brief review of the year from uh, an effect point of view, talking about maybe some of our personal highs and lows, um, and we'll see where that conversation goes. We haven't scripted it. I've got no idea what we're going to talk about, but it'll be, well, I was going to say, it'll be fun and entertaining. It'll be fun for us, I expect. We'll leave it up to you to decide whether it's entertaining or not. Mm. Following that, we will then move on to the game design and development, talking about concepts and philosophy. Who needs them? Uh, we can tell you a bit about that later on. And then we launched last time our our, our end of 2021 competition. So I thought it'd be mm. worthwhile uh, just reminding people of it and then seeing how many reviews we've just had been flooding in, Matthew. I've got no idea again how many we've got. I have I have exactly an idea. Do you this, want me to tell you how many reviews is it, is we've had it, flooding is, in? Is it going to be a big fat zero? No, no, it's <laughs> going to be two. Hey, well, two reviews. Well, that's two more than I expected, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yes, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and one of which I haven't seen yet because it's on the Swedish version of iTunes. So I need to um, I need to get into uh, uh, our podcast manager interface right. on on iTunes to, and, and to look at that one. Has, has the one we've had so far been been vaguely complimentary? It was very positive, oh, but lovely. remember, it doesn't need to be positive. No, it uh, potential reviewers, we will put you in for the draw for the prize, even if you only give us one star. We will also, of course, send an assassin round to your house to kill you. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but you could win the prize. We'll send, we'll, we'll send the prize round with an assassin and they'll beat you to death with the box set of Twilight 2000. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go. Yeah, exactly. What a way to go. <laughs> with a box set of a free league game shoved uh, somewhere where the sun don't shine. Well, the sun doesn't shine. Now, very much I'm sure our moment. friend and patron, Andy Britt, would just love that. We ought to offer it to him as well, a special service. Well, you can service. make the journey for that one, mate. That's fine. <laughs> you might, you might be just down the road from me, but that's one journey that's too long for me. Sure. Oh, no, no. You're the nearest, mate. No, You're no, 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 no. It's your idea, pal. Anyway, moving swiftly on before we uh, we get taken off the airwaves. It descends into yes. Uh, yeah. we we have a couple of new patrons. So you tell me. Yes. So I tell you, yeah. Um, well, I'm aware of we do. I'm aware of the march on the Discord, frankly. But yes, <laughs> they have they have both appeared on the Discord, and I love it. And I'll always say this, but I love it when a new patron gets stuck in on the Discord. And in fact, actually, one of them, Will Adams, I know from before. Oh, do you now? Now you have forbidden me from mentioning the place where I work because you say that's like free sponsorship. <laughs> Let me just say. That I have met Will Adams, who is a frequent customer uh, of and a player of games within a certain game shop <laughs> in Aldershot. That might be friendly and local in, in Aldershot. That may be your friendly local <laughs> gaming store. And uh, it may have a um, uh, it may have a the in front of it, a definite article. Um, but I'm not going to mention its name at all. However, Will uh, and I have met. We cool. have played Tales from the Loop together. Nice. Um, a couple of free RPG 
a, a three RPG days ago. Well, I guess actually this is now about three three RPG days ago, mm. given that we didn't have one uh, in in the middle of that. No. Cool. Well, welcome, Will. Um, Lovely. I love to have you on board, and it's great that you've joined us, even though you've met Matthew. So, um, yeah. <laughs> most, most. I think most uh, of our patrons have joined before they actually met either of us. So we get yeah, over, yeah, we yeah. get over that rather awkward moment, um, you know, before they even uh, before they actually have to meet us, which is great. Um, and uh, and the next one, and I'm going to apologise straight away <laughs> for this because. Uh, it's a Swedish surname, and Dave and I have had a long debate about how to pronounce it, and yet I know I'm still going to muck it up, even before I say it. Uh, but uh, Frederick, Frederick uh, Veilerve, uh, I think. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Frederick, for joining us. And Frederick has already been, as we've said, on the Discord, and he's particularly interested in Tales of the Old West because he's a Swedish player of the Swedish version of Western, Western. which is a game that yeah. you and I kick-started some time ago. Several, many years ago, indeed, yep. Um, the the Oskvelm yeah. version, um, yeah. which, yeah, uh, interesting. I think I saw Frederick talking about... Um, some progress being made there for the English version of that, which is obviously mm. what we've backed. I haven't heard a peep forever, so I'd kind of assumed that um, that, that one wasn't going to be fulfilled for, for various reasons. But um, if there's progress, then that's great. Um, but, um, mm. you know, we'll wait and see if it turns up, if it, if it, it turns up, if it turns up, if that makes sense. Cool. Well, you know, I know how it is because um, we promised our patrons, our um, uh, uh, um, our stationary and privileged patrons uh, a new version of our work in progress yes blooming months ago dave blooming months ago and we still haven't delivered on it so, well I, uh, it, it's tantalizingly close because i think just about all of the next version of the rules are probably done at least in some form and they just need to be put together properly which is what i'm working on i was my, my, my wonderful timetable I had for this whole holiday, which had everything sorted out, has now kind of been blown out of the window by being a bit lazy over Christmas or lazier than I was going to be. Uh, my mother-in-law coming down with COVID and being here longer than she should otherwise have been. Uh, and now I'm desperately trying to finish uh, the work on war stories for Firelock in advance of the deadline for that, which is... I wasn't going to mention this, but now I am, because it's my excuse for not having done Toto. But Now um, we're segueing straight into the world of gaming here. Uh, <laughs> tell us, what's the latest on War Stories, Dave? Well, we we took that off the list, because I was a bit grumpy. I earlier. know, but you've started it, so you have to do it now. <laughs> so, we've got about two weeks left to finish both the core rulebook and the campaign book, Rendezvous with Destiny, which uh, a few weeks ago it was decided that was going to be a book of its own, because... That in itself is about 100 pages with maps, but without artwork or anything. So that's going to be quite a meaty little tome mm. of its own. That's and the core cool. rulebook itself is at about 350 pages of text. So there's going to be a little bit of um, uh, yeah, expansion there when you stick all the artwork in. So we are rapidly running through uh, the edit of, uh, of that. And I'm trying to finish the playtesting for um, Rendezvous with Destiny, which... Uh, I'm going to have to do the next few days, and then I'll have, I'll have a couple of days to write that up. And I think from the from the campaign point of view, we're pretty much there. I just need to make sure there's no glaring uh, stupidities in any of the stories or the missions that I haven't seen, but will obviously come out and play. So I we'll just need to test that. But otherwise, I'm reasonably comfortable that the the campaign is in a good spot. So that's quite quite easy to fix, and not much work needs doing on it. The core rulebook, I think, still needs a little bit of work to get it in the right place. There's a bit of uh, just sort of restructuring, a little bit of redrafting here and there to make things a bit clearer. But, you know, if anyone, you know, anyone's been involved with anything like this before, you know how long it takes <laughs> to get through pages of text. Um, so that's just quite a lot of legwork to be going on. So I've, I, I finished doing that, rushed straight on to record this, and then I should rush straight back to doing more work on, on, on more stories once this is done. Um but it's going to be good. I think the rule, we've got the rules down pretty much now. We're quite happy with the rules. Uh, it's just getting them in a really easy, good, concise, consumable way in the rule book, making sure that's as good as it can be. Cool. But yeah. So, cool. Well, 
So that draft, that'll be done within the next two weeks. Uh, I, know, I know Alice made some I... announcements about putting more out in January about it. So I'm still not sure quite how Firelock could get a handle it, whether it's going to be a pre-order or... Whether it's a Kickstarter or Kickstarter, pre-order, yeah. Um, Al, Al, Al Aguila, the, the, the boss, is determined to say something in January about it, yeah. Cool. I saw somebody asking Al about uh, the rest of the world, given that uh, they don't have a distributor, you know, here, for mm-hmm. example. And he said, in reply to that person, that um, that he was working on that, so... I guess we should have to wait and see. Yeah. That may be one of the things that's announced in January. Yeah, let's hope. Because there's definitely a lot of people around the world who are interested. Um, so it'll be, uh, mm. it's going to be good to make sure everyone who wants it can get their hands on it. Verzen, <laughs> uh, Britain and Ireland, uh, met its funding goal and more. Um, <laughs> and was also, uh, the alpha dropped to general general approval, I think, looking at the social media. Yeah, I I haven't seen loads actually. I've, there was, uh, I think I saw some that were you know there was expressions of disappointment about uh, certain particular verse and not being um, in the book. But I think you know we talked before about not being able to cover everything in something like this by any means, and so you're almost certainly mm. to, to disappoint. Well, if not someone, then possibly everyone who, in one respect or another. Um, but also, I mean, we we know that the book has disappointed Graham Davis because he knows he couldn't fit all the verse and that he wanted indeed, to put in. Yeah. And he's going to be publishing a whole bunch more on, already has indeed published the first one on the Freedom Workshop. On drive through, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, so that's good. Um, uh, obviously, we've seen one or two comments uh, about the, uh, I'm going to screw my Welsh up here, the Lanty Will incident. Mm-hmm. Um Mm. as well uh there's a little bit of debate about references not in the title but within the text to the british isles but um nothing nothing insoluble it seems to be mm. um, i mean it, it is interesting as well though because i mean actually the british isles is a formal term for the islands so mm. i know you know some people might be disappointed that mm, ireland wasn't mentioned every single time but it's still it's still an official term. Um, but we did do quite a lot to try and make sure, because you know, obviously we were both lucky enough to be involved with it. Um, we did quite a lot to try and make sure that the, the book wasn't English or London-centric. Wasn't too completely. colonial English in, yeah, in exactly. a lot of the names. Um, so, uh... And I think, you know, there was... We certainly influenced it for the better in that regard, for yeah. sure. So I think the I think the only other thing we were I was going to mention was something we've briefly been talking on our Discord about today actually, which was the announcement mm-hmm. of the Dark Souls role playing game, and uh, our our friend Andrew from uh, from the US um, drew drew our attention to it. My my initial reaction, which I kind of gently expressed in Discord, was like one of slightly heart dropping, oh, not another one, kind of thing, because mm. there do seem to be a lot of these things crawling out of the woodwork nowadays um yeah and we've had a bit of a discussion these about, things is, is, you mean ip based uh yeah ip based games. yeah franchise based role-playing games that seem to have nothing to do with role-playing other than the fact that somebody wants to make a quick buck out of the name of the franchise now jonathan on our discord did point out that hmm, where did where did i kind of get my break in in the, in the gaming world that might have been a franchise ip as well but uh there are a lot of them, it seems. And my, I guess my concern, as I expressed it before, was I, I don't I, I don't mind them if they if the principle behind them, oh, principle or a concept or principle, ooh, um, ooh, if, if yeah. the philosophy behind them is one of trying to create a great and original bit of role playing game work, if it's simply reskinning some shit old set of shit set of mechanics with another name on it, to sell to a bunch of people who don't know any better, who then look at it, play it for once, and hate it, and never play role-playing games again. Um, that's a bad thing. I don't like that idea. Mm. But if people behind it are actually genuinely wanting to produce a good thing that isn't just a fifth edition reskin, or using some other shit set of rules, then fine, I'm all for it. <clears throat> but Yeah, and I think, I, I think those of us who are old enough to remember this... He says, <laughs> leaning back in his rocking chair, 
with his pipe. Uh, those not not, not minding that feeling of wet piss that he's just wet himself because he couldn't be asked to get up and go to the toilet again and nurse wasn't around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Uh, it's been a long uh, day. Those already. of us old timers, um, <laughs> when in fact, actually, uh, we shouldn't. There was a period when there was a massive expansion of role playing under the what was then called the D20 um, uh, open gaming license. Mm. With loads of IPs being attached to a D20 rule set. Old games like Traveller, for example, having a D20 thing. Judge Dredd having a D20 thing. Um, and there was this big explosion of D20 publishing in the days before Kickstarter um, when you didn't know exactly how many people were going to buy your book. Yeah. And so you had loads of them printed and then loads of companies going bust because um, the other thing that was happening around the same time was collectible card games. And collectible card games, to be honest, won. <laughs> Sucked um, up all the money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and there were loads of those. And again, loads of those based on IPs. So, um, you know, a lot of them have failed. Mm. But, you know, Pokemon and Magic and, and some of the others have survived and have all the money, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I think I think we're just a bit nervous when we see this, I think, Kickstarter-led explosion of... IP games. I think I think you're right to be a little bit worried that we may be um, reaching a nadir rather than a climax. Yeah, I think my Zenith. concern is that the the flood of these kind of games sort of washes away the great original content that's just trying to find a foothold out there, and then you never get to see it because it never gets mm. it never gets past the the big names. And you know, I know Alien is a is a, is a is, is a I guess a prime example of a of a of an IP franchise that's kind of swept. Yeah, the so market. neither of us would have anything to do with that sort of crass commercialism. <laughs> but but I think two things. One, Free League's approach to Alien, and I think their approach to things like um, Blade Runner as well, is all about the game. It's not about the franchise, and it's mm-hmm. about making the right game for the franchise. And they definitely did that with Alien. Um, uh, I sincerely hope and expect that they'll do the same for Blade Runner and I think that's different and also the number of people who've come into role playing using Alien as a gateway drug is loads and we, again we were talking on the Discord earlier and I've had lots of people I don't know countless literally countless people yeah. talk to me about how they've got into role playing thanks to Alien they're playing other games as well as Alien now and they love it and I was trying to think, has there been any other single game that I've had other people talk to me in the same way, you know, as, 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 that got them yeah. into the game in the same way? And I can't think of any. I might be missing some, no. quite possibly, but I can't think of any. Well, Jonathan mentioned one, actually, in the chat, which, of course, was, and I think there's one specific that he mentioned, but Star Wars might well have had that impact as a franchise, there was yeah. a D twenty version of Star True. Wars. That's a fair point. Yeah, um, but I haven't uh, had anyone talk to me about version. it in that sense, though. No, but that might just be that I'm Jonathan, not talking to the right people. Now. Yeah, I didn't see yeah. that. I didn't see that comment. So I was too and busy also, trying to finish you, War Stories. You don't. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta say, and you don't spend every time saying, "Oh, you know, have you picked up the Star Wars book yet? I wrote the original adventure in that. So uh, nobody <laughs> no. has the opportunity I do say that quite to then lot, get yeah. in that conversation. <laughs> no, that's, that's a fair comment too. I'm, yeah. I'm quite happy to concede the fair comments and, and, and my own level of hypocrisy, slagging off IPs when I got my foot in the door in gaming. Exactly that. But um, And I would be very excited. I am still very excited uh, that they're... I don't know if there is going to be an opportunity to work on Blade Runner, but I would love to work on Blade Runner <laughs> as well. So, you know, I'm well, a sucker why, for that. Why, why didn't you, why didn't you, you know, up your begging letters to free league from once a week to twice a week on that? Uh, well, you know, I just, <laughs> I, 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 I want to be subtle. Uh, I mean, I know that the entire staff of free league listen with rapt attention to every podcast we put out, but um, I don't, I don't want to push it too much. There, there is there is a critical mass element of that but coming back to um, yeah. dark souls one thing that uh, uh, andrews did say was that um this is a game that's been um played in japan so it's a japanese role-playing game so it's been around for a little while and apparently it, ha- it has its own um mechanics and and system 
that seemed to have worked very well in Japan. Now, I know nothing about the game. I just saw it and I assumed it was just, you know, the company behind Dark Souls going, woo, Alien, woo, uh, Terminator, let's get let's get on get in on this action. So if they do an English language version using their rules mechanics that, from what Andrew says, works really well in the in the Japanese market, that I'll be interested to see. And that I'm, you know, I'm much more mm. interested to see that. If they just reskin it and shove it under 5e, my 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 interest will disappear like I don't know, I can't think of a good metaphor off the top of my head. Like something that disappears very, very quickly. So. Now, forgive me, although I do have a PhD in video games, um I am yeah. an old grognard who doesn't actually play video games. And uh what is Dark Souls? Uh, as a video game? What is what is its thing? I've never what played is it. its philosophy so- and concept? it's a good question i don't really know it's another fantasy thing i think um my boys have played it i've never played it um i think it's supposed to be very very hard Uh, i think there was a board game of said thing and i think it came with loads of miniatures Uh, i remember that being kickstarted a year or two ago and people getting huge numbers of miniatures it comes from steam forged games as well uh, who are an, a British company that make um, games with loads of miniatures. So I'm assuming um, it's a kind of very dark fantasy setting, but I honestly don't know. Uh, listeners, if you can tell us more about what Dark Souls actually is, send it in on a postcard, as Dave said last time. <laughs> or, preferably, or, or the modern, an email. The modern equivalent or of contact a contact us on Facebook yes. or, or Twitter. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, 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 Dark Souls. Uh, so, sorry, yeah. I, I don't want to sound like a complete idiot, but as far as this is concerned, I am. Yeah, I know very little about it other than other than the name and the fact that I, I think it, it it isn't the game. So whenever whenever we're talking about a new game with with my sons, and they say, "Oh, it's like Dark Souls," and I say, "Is that the one where you kind of mash the buttons and you got lots of whizzy combinations and you can't fucking see what the hell's going on because there's so much bloody color exploding on the screen?" Um, they go, no, 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 it's not that one. No, you'd like it, Dad. Um, but there is one like that. But that might have been Dark Siders or Dark Sliders or something, they said. Again, I don't. these are games yeah. that I don't tend to play. I uh, don't know. I mean, it's interesting that Modifius produced Dishonored last year. And I know, in fact, Andrew, our American patron who brought our attention to this one, hmm. I think has backed that or pre-ordered it or whatever the deal is. Uh, and that, of course, is based on a video game franchise. And I'm kind of interested, uh, you know, the the elephant in the room is this, is again one that was mentioned in the Discord, and that is Avatar, which uh, yeah, Magpie yeah, are producing yeah. on the back of the Powered by the Apocalypse hmm. system. And I'm really interested to see how that does, because I think in sheer numbers uh, have, that have bought it, a significant proportion of them, or even a tiny proportion of them, will bring a whole bunch of new players into um, the world of role-playing. And for their first experience of role-playing to be powered by the apocalypse, I think would be really, really interesting. So Mm. um, there's that. But Dishonored, you know, that's a 2D20 system. Fallout, of course, uh, another role-playing game based on 2D20. Ridiculous. Churning those out. And I think... I think, to be honest, I'm going to say it's those that worry me more than something with a really fresh take on it. Yeah, it's it's interesting, in, isn't in it? I, I guess there's also yeah. things about familiarity. So I, I, I bought the Fallout role-playing game. I read it. I, I love the look and feel of it. I think it would probably make a fun game to run. Um, do I see it in the same realm as this? Uh, I don't know. Um, it probably should yeah. be. I mean, it probably should be. In my in my head, in my in my own internal filing system, it should it should not be in the IPs that are okay because I like them, <laughs> and IPs that <laughs> I've, I that aren't okay because I've never really heard of them or I've only heard of the name and I haven't heard much else. And I think there is definitely yeah, there is a little bit of that bias going on in this. Conversation, there's definitely two files in my head that are named those, and Fallout falls in one, and Dark Souls has fallen in the other automatically. So mm, I, I interesting. Should... I think there's a period of self-examination that you should go into. Well, I think I think actually that 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 revelation there is 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 enough because actually most people probably don't <laughs> think that. But your challenge yeah. on Fallout is a, was a good challenge. That is for sure. 
com. Yeah. Right, shall we move on then to Let's talk ask. about the next thing on our list, uh, which I can't remember what it is. Oh, it's the review of the year. <laughs> yes, okay. Go on, then. Uh, so the Fallout game <laughs> came out. <laughs> now, for you, I understand that was one of the highs of the year. <laughs> well, in terms of having the nice book in my hand, it, it was a high, actually. Um, but uh, I'm not sure I'm ever I'm ever going to run it. Um, I mean, there are some things that are quite are quite funny. I mean, I... I don't know if I'm becoming more picky the older I get, but I read through I read through that and I I, I read through the um, introductory scenario in the back, and I was really quite disappointed because I thought the introductory scenario in the back was pants, and I think I'm being generous because it... yeah, and you and I we know something about introductory scenarios, don't we? <laughs> we do. Um... <laughs> But it, it, so, wasn't, it uh, wasn't pants because it wasn't complicated. You know, introductory scenarios are going to be simple and straightforward usually. Yeah, it, it was yeah. pants because it it didn't evoke the genre at all. I mean, it, it had ghouls in it, which is fine. You know, and they are part of um, the Fallout canon, which is great. But it, the, the the ghoul characters might as well have been anything, anywhere. And I was thinking you could have had mm. such an you know, maybe they didn't want to do the, the the stereotypical thing and go for a something to do with a vault, but you could have had. Mm. I think you could have had a really easy introductory scenario that you could have written in a way that could have been two scenarios. So you could have written it from the perspective of people leaving the vault for some reason <clears throat> and then needing help outside, and there are different factions outside for them to explore, or the other way around. You could have done it from the point of view of one of the other factions, all of which are hunting for this vault that's been rumored. And you could just use the same content for both. Um, so I, I thought that was a really big miss. And one of the things that I, I was really pleased with, with Alien, was that Freely didn't succumb to the pressure that they were under to do something other than Hadley's Hope. Once, mm. we, once we decided that we were going to be doing the scenario there, um, yeah. you know, we, we pushed for it to be and, set in Hadley's Hope. Other, ele- other elements... Be, um... Something yeah. else with a different name, and we kind of insisted on there's and, no point. And with the, yeah, um, with the view that everyone knows Hadley's Hope, God, yeah, it's been in films, it's all the rest of it. Why do we want to go there again? And mm. people fucking love it. The idea of running around Hadley's Hope, players have loved it, and it was absolutely the right decision. And I think Fallout makes a big, big error in not going for something a bit more stereotypically Fallout for that introductory scenario. That'd be. This isn't really reflecting on the year at all, actually, yet, is it? But um, yeah, that, that's yeah. an interesting reflection on that book. Because otherwise, the book's great. And the, I think for a 2D20 game, which everybody knows my views on, I quite like it, but I quite hate it at the same time, um, it works fine. Um, but it just that introductory scenario was a letdown. Right. Okay. So that's one of your lows. <laughs> turned out I got that wrong. Um, how are we going to do this? Are we going to talk know. about... Uh, uh, three highs and a low each, or um, uh, yeah, we, why not? Do we not want to do anything so structured? Because I don't know if I can think of three highs and a low. <laughs> yeah, and I how can, long? Let me. How long are we going? How long are we going to talk as well? I mean, three highs each. We could be here for weeks. <laughs> yeah, um, I want to start off with a with an overall topic, and mm. it's a thing. It's a change that has occurred to me over this last year, and I think it's going to stick. That's because you become a woman. All that no. <laughs> or is that next uh, year's plan? Sorry. No. Uh, I haven't got enough money either to become a woman or to back all the Kickstarters and buy all the games I want mm. to buy. And, you know, now I'm working in a game shop, I get a 20% discount as well. And um, I'm just wondering whether I'm going to be spending a lot less on games in the coming year. And I think I've already not spent so much on games. Now, yeah. I did back Salvage Union, and I did oh. did back the um, the Space Cowboy game, whose name I've forgotten. That in itself is interesting. Um, <laughs> what's that was called? Um, Orbital Blues. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, Orbital Blues never really grabbed me, um, and I quite yeah. like the idea of Salvage Union, but I'm, I think it's a bit too niche, possibly. Yeah, and I wonder whether that's the same with uh, Orbital Blues for me. Um, but uh, those are two games that I have backed, but uh, and of course Verson I have backed, but um, 
But yeah, but I'm kind of reluctant to um, to give that support to upcoming producers, and I wonder mm. whether um, new games that aren't related to IPs will get the love and support they need from me in the coming year. But I wonder whether that's a general thing that I might just be part of a thing. You know, we we talked about the golden age of Kickstarters this time yeah. last year, and I wonder whether that's over. I well, I think yeah. I mean. Are we are we coming to a, a South Sea bubble kind of thing, mm. you know, where where the the Kickstarter bubble will burst, and suddenly a lot of people who might be kickstarting their games at the wrong moment, when everyone finally goes, okay, I've done too much, and actually a lot of the stuff I've kickstarted lately hasn't been of the quality I've really wanted it to be, so therefore I'm going to mm. be much more careful on what I kickstart. Um, there might be some really, like you say, there might be some really brilliant producers and game designers there who are going to fail or not get the limelight, the highlighting they should because of all these other games that are packing the market and blowing the bubble up. Yeah. yeah. Um, Quality, though, is an interesting topic. But um, if that, if that, if what I've just said counts as a low, I'll reserve quality for a discussion that will have. Um, in a few minutes, about one of my highs. But do you want to go with a low? Do you want to kick off with a low first? Then we can get that out of the way and speak more positively about the air. Uh, um... Um, I yeah, I guess I guess the, the the low for me, which is more of a kind of a, a, a bit of a trajectory, is just trying to get past the bloody pandemic so we can get around the table and see everybody again. And that's that's mm-hmm. it's a fairly obvious one, really. So I won't labour the point. But um, the little hiatus we had where we could go to UK Games Expo and go to Dragon Meet and get on the pub again, um, which has come to a temporary halt thanks to Omicron right now, but hopefully that won't last too long. Um, I guess that's obviously got to be the low because yeah, the more we can get out and see people, the better. But let's yeah, not, not labour that one. <clears throat> well, no, but it's an interesting low because nothing's stopping you going to the pub or getting around a table except you and me and everybody else not wanting to do that in this time. So before we had laws saying you cannot meet in groups of more than six or, you know, yeah. even you cannot yeah. meet in groups uh, stopping us. Now there are, there's no law about you guys all coming around tomorrow. Well, I'm working tomorrow. Let's say the weekend <laughs> and, and playing a game at my house. But none of us really want to. And I think that's an interesting um, thing we've got to get our heads around. Yeah, well, I think I think the thing is that Again, not getting political, but this time it's a lockdown without being a lockdown, isn't it? The situation is pretty yeah. much the same. Everybody who's got half a brain cell rattling around their skull can see that. Um, you know, the government has taken a different approach this time, which is perhaps a reasonable thing to try and minimise the impact on all those businesses that would otherwise be getting no income whatsoever. Although uh, maybe actually what they're trying to minimise is the impact on the budget so that they don't have There to- is that. To yeah, absolutely. Um, compensate yeah. businesses for, you know, the, I'm sure the, yeah. the, as you said, we're not going to the pub. The pub sector is suffering even as we speak. Yeah. And yet they, you know, there's no furlough scheme so that they can. No, um, that's very true. Yeah, if you want to take the cynical time. view, yeah, then, then the mm-hmm. government has decided that they don't want to go furlough again. So therefore they can't afford to force everyone to lockdown. And, it, you know, with, with all the vaccinations and everything else, it might be the right decision. Um, mm. albeit, albeit it might have been made for cynical reasons in that sense um, it might be the long term right decision um, but either way you and I are not getting together to game around a table and that is a low sadly so well I'm, obviously for me it's a high that I'm not having to sit around a table <laughs> with you obviously Dave but but the principle is a low and I did read I, I read a very sad tweet from from somebody who obviously doesn't enjoy online gaming, hasn't sat around a table with anybody for two years now oh, and is, you know, beginning to think, what the hell am I doing? Why am I buying all these games? <laughs> Which comes back to that thing. All those kickstarted games delivering and yet nobody able to sit around a table and play with them. And some of them, like, you know, I think I said this before. So I, I took um, Twilight 2000. Uh, I really want to play that. I might even run it, which I didn't think I would when yeah. I kickstarted it. But I don't want to run it online i no. this is a game i want i want to get those little cardboard counters at that's what excites me yeah. about that game and 
I want to sit at a table and run it, and um, that's got to happen. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to get played. Right, moving on. Do you want to do a high? So, well, what was your high? You were talking about quality as a high? Okay, so my high is about quality, and actually that Twilight 2000 is a bit of a segue. Um, uh, Those little cardboard counters, they are only cardboard counters, but they are cardboard counters that are redolent of the cardboard counters that uh, GDW used to produce. Yeah. So, uh, as always with these games, Free League are brilliant at... um, uh, thinking about how does it feel to play a game and popping out cardboard counters is a thing I want to do when I play Twilight 2000. Mm, it yeah. turns out, I didn't know that, but Freedom <laughs> did. And um, and so they made cardboard counters and uh, I'm very happy about that. But also the, the just the, the quality of stuff. Now, we, we harp on about Free League all the time because we're shills for Free League, but just going over to uh, a competitor company for a moment, you know that I play uh, RuneQuest. Mm-hmm. I do. And um, since since the revival of Chaosium, they've made some lovely books. And I bought myself the core book of RuneQuest a couple of years ago. I'm not going to talk about that. What I bought recently, I have to say with my discount at the game shop, is the starter set for RuneQuest. And this is a gorgeous, high-quality thing, just chock-full of beautiful art. Mm. and beautiful production values particularly considering that it costs 20 quid or something like that (laughs) it's a box game it's got lots of books in it lots of adventures all really nicely produced and i think uh we are although we uh, you know i'm speculating we might be past the zenith of the um kickstarter rpg revolution we are Still, it seems to me, heading towards the zenith of the quality revolution for tabletop RPGs. Because mm. these are just <clears throat> lovely things uh, uh, to unbox and to hold and to start playing. You know, I, there's a solo adventure in um, in that. And I've you know played that because because the, the pictures and the quality of what was on offer really excited me. Mm yeah i think i think there's definitely some the, the the general quality of 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 products seems to you know the bar has come up for sure mm-hmm. and i think there are now that the the kind of the buying public have been exposed to some really high quality stuff it, it's it's very easy or lesser quality stuff is spotted and is put back on the shelf much more easily than it would have been before, mm-hmm. simply for the quality of of the the item that you've got in your hand. Um, even like so, take for example, I think um, I've got obviously Fallout and Dune and Star Trek from Modiphius. The quality of those books is excellent, and it's really they're really nice things to have in your hand. But it's not quite so good as some of the free league stuff. It's mm-hmm. just just not quite the same kind of attention to detail and you know like the Verson book feeling like a like a like an old tome in your hand and uh you know and all that kind of stuff but the the quality is great and the quality of the Modifius stuff is is exceedingly high and if if you'd got your hands on that 10 or 15 years ago it would have been wow this is an industry leader but i think that's a a mark of how quality in the in the industry has gone up yeah uh, in that sense um, and something about the artists as well. Um, yeah. You know, that I feel even in the last few years of buying games or kickstarting games, I've seen the quality of art in many of those games that I've bought go up. Now, I might be getting a bit more picky and being more art driven than I was before. But yeah, you know, a lot of what I look at now is what does it, what does the. Yeah art evoke for me well i think in, if you in my buying choice yeah absolutely <clears throat> if you go back 20 years the artwork in in role-playing books in most cases there's, there's bound to be exceptions that somebody can point out for me but in most cases the artwork was secondary to the text and now that isn't the case at all now the artwork is mm. there dragging you kind of reaching out of the book and grabbing you by the throat and pulling you into the text 
Whereas yeah. you know, if you imagine all the old Traveller books and D&D &D oh, books cool. and all yeah. that, all the little artwork you got in there was was totally incidental. Some of it was quite good. And it but breaking up the text and making sure you weren't looking at great big blocks of grey all the yeah. time. But, um, but, but not now really. the artwork is front and centre in, in much of this. And it's uh, yeah, it's great. It's a wonderful. Yeah, you know, these these books are works of art, um, not just from the illustrative point of view, but from the point of view of the the game that you're creating within it. There, it, it is, it is almost an art form. <clears throat> I would argue. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Cool. Well, moving on. I one of my highs. So I think I'll, I'll I'll do two of my highs. One is a well, they're both personal highs actually. One is obviously I've had a great year. Very lucky to be involved in working on Alien, on Verson. War Stories has been a great journey um, and has been a real pleasure, mostly. <laughs> uh, so for me, this year, obviously the high point has been just the amount of stuff I've been fortunate, fortunate enough to be involved with, which has been, been brilliant. And that some of it, you know, is, is, is being recognised for being very, very good, which is, which is fabulous. Mm -hmm. The other high point for me, I think, was probably putting together both um, UK Games Expo and Dragon Meet, seeing some of my friends and some of our guys mm -hmm. off the Discord um, was wonderful. Really, really good. I mean, it's such a pleasure um, at both events to see to see all the people that, that I managed to see and sit down and have a meal with or have a beer with or a coffee. It was great. And that is a real, a real high. Probably that probably is my highest point of the year. It's just been such a pleasure um, you know, making friends with these people, talking about things that we all love and care about, and then actually getting to sit around a table with them and look them in the eye and have a drink and have a chat and a laugh. Absolutely brilliant. So thank you no, for everybody that, that for, was... for giving me that high this year. It's been great. Yeah, I think so. So, um, and thank you to COVID for giving us a little break between outbreaks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get some of this stuff done. Um uh, I, I'm, I, I'm still sad we didn't get to see uh, Merkboy brethren at Dragon Meat. Of course, because, yeah, uh, that would have been really Omicron's cool too. <clears throat> struck at just the right time, wrong time for them to come over. But, yeah. um, but yeah, no, actually, those conventions are really good, and I hope we do more next year. And, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, and we do that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love our I love our patrons. That's a high. I love our patrons. <laughs> now, here's an interesting little thing, just adding into that sort of stuff. Um, you know, when we started the Discord and we well, we started the Patreon and started the Discord, um uh our patrons asked us to uh organise a couple of kind of mini cons virtually, because mm. cons was a thing we weren't having. Yeah. Um we haven't had to do that at all this year, it seems to me, because Patrons on our Discord are just saying, "Hey, I've got this game going. Does anybody want to join in?" Yeah, and so yeah. Uh, the Discord is like one long virtual con. We haven't had to cram it all into a single day. <laughs> no, um, that's good. so I was just thinking that the other day. You know, I was realizing indeed that while we, not you, because you bowed out, uh, were, was playing, uh, we were playing Coriolis last night. Thomas was running Verson. Um, the Hampstead group with a group at the same time. Yeah. So it's almost like it's, an actual con. It's good, isn't it? It's it's really good. I mean, it's, yeah. we, I, mean, I don't know how many active people we've got on the Discord right now, but it feels like quite a lot. And as you say, mm -hmm. um, people are always up for a game. People are, <clears throat> you know, quite a lot of people are keen to run things. Um, you know, it's, yeah, almost, almost too much. I mean, I mean, for me, sadly, yesterday... Uh, it was just like one one step too far um, mm -hmm. with, with everything else going on. But um, it's great. Yeah, It's, it's really okay. Good. You were there in the spirit. Did I? Did we have to flee quickly with my expert party? No, 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 or? no, no. no. You, you led another oh. team. Or did they do and fuck as all, we said, as usual? And then we, we're back to normal next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you led another team and uh, auto fire was being used. <laughs> um, in fact, we had a lovely thing that one of our viewers at the time said should be on a uh, uh, should be on a t-shirt, which was something along the lines of "I'm not going to do it justice now," but it was something like, "You know, somewhere on the ship, Dave is using autofire." <laughs> Get in, yeah, um, that's got to be a present. 
So, uh, yeah. so yeah, yeah we cool. see we do. I think I was a bit soft on these players, actually, on reflection. I didn't spend any darkness points. Um, but it just it, it looked like, the, you know, the time when I could have extended it was kind of the last 10 minutes. I could have brought in another foe by spending some darkness points and made it a really tough fight. But then that would have been a whole nother session where suddenly, you know, everybody else was back in the room or whatever. And I decided, yeah. no, I'll, I'll give these guys an easy victory. Um, mm. cool. So, um, so yeah, that, that happened. But, but, you know, at the same time, other patrons were playing um, Verson with Thomas and I don't want to yeah. distract from that. It yeah, was no. like a convention. It was like a convention. Yeah, yeah it's excellent. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, um, you know, we, we've been blathering on for a bit. That's probably enough, unless you've got any other high Yeah, that's enough for a review of the year. I think just, um, you know, a happy new year to everybody. I hope you had a great Christmas. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed, onwards and upwards into the next year. Let's uh, let's get some more gaming going and see everybody. And I'll tell you what, next year. year we'll do our prediction. Oh, sorry, not next year. Next time we meet, next show, we'll do our predictions for 2022 and see how many are right. <laughs> I challenge you, you predict three things and I predict three things. And we'll right, okay. Next time. All right, fine. This will be, that'll be fun. <clears throat> right, shall we move on? Okay, yeah, let's listen to um, the words of Chairman Dave. <laughs> the wise words. Come on, wise words. No, Dave. no, just the words, <laughs> Dave. Don't get ahead of yourself. So here we are, back to the so-called wise words of Chairman Dave. Or more like the guttural utterings of a man who's spent the last ten days or so eating, drinking, being merry, staying up way too late and lying in way too long. But what the hell, here goes. Last time, I talked a little bit about why people want to write and how we might go about approaching the task. This time, I'm going to muse upon two other foundational aspects of game design, philosophy and concept, and maybe help with some advice on your elevator pitch, as the management consultants of the world now call it. So, philosophy and concept. Or should that be the other way around? What comes first? In game design terms, I think these probably emerge together, in large part. They are inextricably linked together, but are in fact two very different things. Philosophy in this context is defined as a theory or attitude that acts as a guiding principle, while concept means an abstract idea, as well as a plan or intention. So for a new game design, that would be a plan or intention to bring to life an abstract idea. In this context, for me, the concept is much more about the abstract idea you want to bring to life than the actual plan about how to do it. So concept is the what of your game. What setting and period will the game cover? How will it feel? What experience do you want the players to have? While philosophy is the how, what principles do we need to set as part of the DNA of your game that will help us deliver that concept. These two things form the foundations of your game, and whenever you're struggling with any aspect of the rules or story, you can always return to these two friends and use them as your yardstick to make those difficult design decisions. Games that get this right at the outset are those that are the most compelling. Coming up with new concepts is easy. Just think of a setting or a genre you'd like to be immersed in, and there's your first concept. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. For me, often a single image or a moment in a scene in a film will be the inspiration behind a concept. That said, your concept should also reflect the type and style of game you want to create. Is it narrative and story-driven? Progress made through the role-playing of your players? Or will you go all the way to the other end of the spectrum and make it rules-heavy to encourage tactical and strategic play where the player's decisions bring direct mechanical advantages thanks to those rules? Once you've worked that out, you should be able to articulate your concept in one sentence explaining what the game or the scenario is about. For example, my game will be a gritty and authentic Wild West RPG using the core Year Zero engine 
set shortly after the Civil War, where the players have to struggle to forge a new life on the frontier. Hand in hand with thinking about the concept, you should also consider the philosophy. What things must your game stick to in order to make it the game you want it to be? Do you want it to be gritty and realistic? Or at least authentic? We've had that realism versus authenticity discussion before. Or pulpy and heroic? Is combat the central plank of the game? Or is it intrigue, investigation, exploration or something else? Perhaps most importantly, now is the time to define what your game won't be. It won't have magic. It won't have supernatural beasts. It won't whitewash unpalatable parts of history, and so on. Carrying on my example. The philosophy of my Wild West game dictates that the West makes you. That the dangers that face the players are those brought by the wild frontier itself, and the evils that men do to one another. That the history of the West will be faithfully portrayed. Having answered these two questions, you have now made your basic pitch. Naturally, a lot more work needs to go into this pitch to bring that game to life. But if you do this part thoughtfully, your game will be standing on solid foundations. Another couple of examples from my own games design to-do list. I'm working on a Roman RPG to bring to life the late Roman Republic shortly before its fall. It's a time of high political intrigue and battles fought with words in the Senate and in the field with armies, as Roman nobles strive to become the first man in Rome. The game's philosophy will ensure it is authentically historic. The political battles are as important, if not more so, than those in the field. There's no magic, but people believe in the gods and this affects their lives, but not in a supernatural way. And I want to create a science fiction game all about the wonder of the universe, where the players explore and trade the wonders they discover. My philosophy will focus on exploration, while being science factual, as far as it doesn't stop the game being fun. So how about a quick case study? I am starting to get a bit bored of using Alien as an example, but in this case it's a perfect case in point. The concept is clear and obvious, and naturally helped by the long-standing franchise. Xenomorphs, creeping horror, bursts of gore porn, being a very small person in a huge universe, and the grungy industrial feel of the setting. The philosophy of the game includes principles like the Xenomorphs are unknowable, unpredictable and mysterious. The Xenos are a little more badass than even the players might think. Evoke the horror in the right way, the rules must encourage fast and furious action. Stress is the key mechanical element in the game. Alien is also a great example of two other things that are relevant. The limiting nature of your concept, as well as, in my opinion, an example of where departing from the core concept or philosophy can be a problem. First, the limiting nature of your concept. Everyone knows Alien. We've all seen the movies and just know, deep down, what Alien is as a concept. That works perfectly for the cinematic style of play, but the concept itself is so clear and so powerful that you can't help but know when you reach its boundaries. This brings challenges to the campaign style for the game, which have long been discussed. Some feel that this isn't a big issue, and that you can run campaigns in the Alien universe perfectly well, while others think that once you step into a campaign where by necessity the Xenomorphs aren't going to feature very much, as all your players die when they do, the game stops being alien and has become something else. Secondly, for me, one of Alien RPG's key philosophies is that the Xenos are unknowable, a mysterious bogeyman that's always out there ready to jump up and give you a scare. If you start explaining them, then you depart from this philosophy and the power of the game suffers for it. Now, I don't blame Free League for this. Ridley Scott himself started off down the road of, let's try to explain everything to the audience even though they don't want it, and it can never be achieved without being a huge anticlimax, and only serves to devalue the brilliance of the original. But for me, it's a mistake. Once you take away one of the key mysteries of the game, then you've changed that game, in my opinion, to its detriment. I hope that's been an interesting and useful discussion. 
Next time, I'll talk more about the actual doing of game design and development. But until then, don't forget your concepts and philosophies. What do you mean, my Western game is all about this? <laughs> well, it is mine, partly. It's partly yours too. But if you're talking to somebody that doesn't know, then you might just say my game, mightn't you? I wasn't making a. I wasn't making a. I wasn't making a claim. Well, I wasn't making a claim that the game is mine. Uh, so that was great. Uh, apart from that thing about my, uh, but also. <laughs> Uh, what it made Our. me think of is, is that some games put that front and centre. You know, very much it's a thing that I first started seeing in um, Power by the Apocalypse games. They say, you know, these are the principles of this game. This mm. is what this game is about. Um, which I kind of like, actually. But also, is it necessary? Sometimes, you know, it's not a thing that... Um, freely do with any of their games but we all understand what the concept is and the philosophy behind it or we can make you know it, it feels baked into the system so does it need to be stated it's an interesting thing isn't it because it's um it reminded me of a, of, of the saying that says uh if you've got to tell somebody that you're powerful then you're not mm-hmm. you know um so if you've got to tell everyone all the principles of the game, does that mean that you're not confident that you've got the principles of the game baked into the game itself? Therefore, you've got to tell everybody because they won't otherwise notice. So I want, I, you know, I, I think, you know, a game, you know, if a game is based on some really core principles, then when somebody reads it or plays it, if they wanted to try and, th- you know, if somebody said, oh, what do you think of the key principles of this game are? You should be able to have a stab at two or three. Just mm. just by playing the game in the way the mechanics work, in the way the the setting is 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 created, um, but I think it's a yeah, it's a it's a six of one, half a dozen of the other, isn't it? I don't object to a game saying these are the principles that we're playing to or we're trying to draw out, um, but I do kind of feel that if the game is well enough created based on those principles, then the the truth will out and people will notice without you having to tell them. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's a thing that we came up with a bit organically in the early stages of uh, Tales of the Old West. Mm. So not all the principles, as it were, were in place right at the beginning. But we did start off pretty much. I remember writing, you know, four or five things. I said, this is what we're aiming at. Uh, we've added to, we've adjusted some of that um, as as the game is developed. So... I, you know, I think at the beginning it was kind of more wilderness adventure and then we both realised that we wanted to be doing something that was more like Deadwood, the TV show. So you yeah. know, that was a bit of a change. We pulled back from the wilderness. So we kind of said, OK, that, you know, that can be some future supplement. Yeah. Um, uh, so we made changes to those principles as we went on. But each time we had a decision like that, we went back to the principles and said, OK, is this thing what we're talking about in the game, what we said we wanted to talk about in the game. Uh, and very often we've tested our rules against that and said, no, that, that rule isn't working because it isn't fitting with mm. those principles there. But sometimes, like with the wilderness thing, we've said, actually, no, we need to change our principles because we feel yeah. it's more closer to this thing. So it's been a really useful tool for us in developing the game. Yeah, absolutely. At the moment, yeah. I think they're still there in the text. Whether they will be in the final version, we'll have to wait and see. I think they will be because I don't. I don't think. I, I don't. I don't get any sense or any feeling that they need to be taken out in any way. We haven't. We haven't done a, no. a box. A box text that says, "Here are our principles," you know, and listed them out. What we have done is is drawn. I out think in we our... have. No, I don't Not think we have. Not as a box text. No, I think, I I think, think they're in the main body. No, well, that, that's okay, fine. Kevin, though. Say what you were going to say. I, I, I'll just go and look it up on on our latest version, not not so, not the very latest, but yeah. The so last I think that the version. very fact that that we that we talk about, um, as we are kind of articulating the setting that we want to create, that we're talking about some of these things, that's absolutely fine. Um, mm. And that's that's is that is that a middle ground between? not stating them at all and stating them. Because I think there are some things, you know, some of the principles that we are talking about, which I kind of reflected uh, in the piece, talking about our Western game, 
Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're reflecting exactly that. So I think, for example, the, uh, the a clear principle that we're not going to change will be that we don't want to um, whitewash any of the history. Um, we do want to reflect the true history of the West, you know, in a way that can maintain the game being fun, because obviously a lot of that stuff is pretty grim. Um, so I think that's a key thing. Uh, so that's not going to change. But talking about that and calling that out at the beginning and saying that there are there are aspects of the Native American experience or the African American experience or the Hispanic uh, experience that don't get called out or don't, that's wrong, that haven't been called out traditionally in perhaps some of the less modern cultural references, you know, books, films and all the rest of it. I think saying that we want to redress redress the balance is the wrong phrase as well because i'm not i'm not a crusader for all of this stuff i'm just a historian who wants to make sure that we reflect history in as accurate a way as possible um so i think that i think that's fine and i think that's that's that, that's calling it out i think there is a risk with some of this particularly with issues like that that it sounds a bit like virtue signaling aren't we great we're going to do the right thing by all these poor oppressed people um where actually that isn't the point the point is to do the right thing about telling the history and mm-hmm. if that if that opens some people's eyes to to some of the reality of some of that history that they weren't previously aware of then great but that isn't the objective the objective is to create a game that is historically authentic i, I, I deliberately don't use the word realistic um feels historically authentic but also is, is you know if if a side issue of that if a side effect of that is that some education goes on and some people learn some stuff, then that's great. But that isn't the driving force behind it for me anyway. Cool. So I found the section and it's interesting because it's the very first paragraph, but it's not a list. You're right. What we've done is turn it basically into a, it's a kind of mission statement. Sort of descriptive. It starts off, isn't it? Yeah. Life is short. Paragraph break. Is that it? (laughs) That's the end. (laughs) Life is short. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, but, okay. that, but that that was the very first principle of the game, wasn't it? Is we wanted something that That's the creating characters yeah. was fun in its own right because you'd be doing it quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, but you're extraordinary. Neither race nor gender can limit what you can become. It doesn't matter where you come from. The West makes you. Those who find themselves in the West may have tried their hands at many things, been many things to many people. There are no monsters, but other folk... And the environment is your enemy. Everyone has faith, most in God, but some in spirits or simply in themselves. Faith does, uh, sorry, life doesn't owe you a goddamn thing. Now, those were originally mm. listed out almost as separate things. And uh, we just squashed them, squished them together into a paragraph there. But it's quite a good paragraph. Yeah, I think it is. A bit of work. And I think it, it, it um, sets up the scene nicely and it tells you um, a lot of those things that. A, a basic list of principles under the heading "Our Principles" would tell you, um, but it doesn't. It it doesn't need to be forcing them down your throat. You can do it in a bit of descriptive text, which I think yeah. works really really nicely. <clears throat> and then we've got another paragraph uh, below that, which is "Tales of the Old West" is a game about the Wild West, about all those important aspects of that genre: the land you call home, your history and family that can define you, and your journey into the frontier that lets you make yourself all over again if you want your dwelling your outfit your lifestyle and reputation and the friends that walk with you during this hard journey sounds good i'd buy it yeah yeah i think maybe we should change as i say we're a bit less about the journey and more about the uh, anyway we'll, we'll yeah um yeah. Uh, that's that's something we can leave at least until um the next big edit um Okay, right. Are we done on um, on, unless, on concepts unless, and philosophy? Unless there's anything else, you, there anything else you want no, to say? No, um, no, no, absolutely. Um, I'd be interested to hear um, listeners' views. If you've got any thoughts on any of that, then um, please, you know, get get in touch with, through all the usual methods. But um, and particularly our new uh, patron Frederick, um, who's already reading it and says, you know, mm. how can I comment on this? And uh, obviously, on our Discord is the answer. But the rest of you, uh, you know. 
join our Patreon, first of all. But if, if you don't want to do that yet, then talk to us on Twitter, on Facebook, or by email at feedback at effectpodcast, effect with a K, of course, dot org. Oh, competition update. But you did the competition oh, update competition. earlier, didn't you? Yes. But you, you did kind of update us on the number of entries you've had, which is two. <laughs> so it's good chances, guys, so far. Um, so we want more, and those two are lovely, I'm sure. I haven't read the Swedish one yet, but, um, but you know, uh, the, the, the people who contacted us and said, look, I've done a, I've done a review. You were lovely. you lovely people. Thank you very much. Breaking your <laughs> duck on that one. Yes. But um, <laughs> we want more. We and there are more, more of you out there, and we know there are more of you who say nice things about us. And we don't know, but there may be even more of you who say nasty things about us. But what we want you to do is to say it about <laughs> us. Yes. On the podcast platform of your choice. And, and um, if you do that and let us know by what was the deadline we gave? I can't was remember it, the deadline. Was it the 6th of January? It was, I think, the 6th of January. That rings yes. a bell? Uh, then obviously your yeah. name goes into the hat for the draw for a brand new copy of Twilight 2000 Edition 4. Yes. And which is cool. a great game. We talked about the quality of it and how it even makes me want to run it, which has got to be good. <laughs> Indeed. It's got to say so something. Re- remember that. And remember that all our patrons, you tell us lovely things in, in private, but we want we want you to tell <laughs> other listeners out there. On, Shout it out from the rooftops. Yes. yes. Cool, um, cool. Right. I'm. And one, one of the people that's responded says, if I win, I'll be handing over that copy to a friend of mine because I've already got it. So remember, that is a choice. Cool. Don't yeah, think yeah, I won't do a review because there's no point. I've already got Twilight 2000. Think of it as a lovely gift that you can give to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Right then, I think that's probably enough for one week, don't you? Absolutely. Cool. Well, have a fabulous new year, everybody. Um, and see you in 2022. And it's and goodbye guess... from me. <laughs> and it's goodbye from him. And may the icons bless your adventures. You have been listening to The Effect Podcast, presented by Fiction Suit and the RPG Gods. Music stars on a black sea, used with permission of Free League Publishing.